You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. everyone it's time for the geeks pub i'm tim robertson joined by david cohen hello david i'm back from the dead you're back from the dead so yeah i i did a uh, very short tech fan last week i heard it and uh you know i didn't say what was wrong with you yeah. um the ebola virus huh <laughs> yeah no i'd i'd be bonnet plague mm-hmm. you didn't rough. need your left leg anyways <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got two? Yeah. <laughs> Who needs two legs? That's why they give uh, you a spare. Yeah, I, I know. I got the um, the first time to have COVID. Um, and, uh, I mean, the last time we did a show, you could hear that it was starting. Yeah. And, uh, and I mentioned I wasn't feeling great. And, yeah, I did a test straight afterwards. And it was... Yeah, I knew what you had. Brighter than brighter than bright the line. Well, you just got back from a cruise. And you're like, I don't yeah. feel good. I'm like, well, this dude's got COVID, clearly. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, but here's the weird thing: is that is that I was sharing a room with Alexander the whole the whole week we were away. Um, we all drove in the same car back from the ship. We spent obviously quite a lot of time together on the ship, and I'm the only the only one who came down with COVID. So go. It's figure. a weird thing. Yeah. So that anyway. music that you guys heard at the very beginning, for those in the know, and I figured everyone that listens to this podcast probably recognize it right away, it's uh, Jerry Goldsmith's theme from the Star Trek show Voyager. Yeah. Um, I, I loved Voyager. That I thought it was a great show. Um, mm-hmm. It always felt kind of a little bit like the, the, the younger brother, if you will, to Star Trek, some of it. Yeah. Um, and they... And, look, with Star Trek in the main... Alpha Quadrant, if you will, with DS9 and uh, Next Gen, they had an established group of characters and aliens and stuff and worlds that they can revisit. With Voyager, for, for the most part, at the beginning anyways, for the first almost three seasons, they had to just create new characters all the time. Yeah. Um, the first ones were just really kind of bad, and I think it hurt Voyager. The I, I always call them the, the goodwill... Uh, Klingons, you know the yeah, the Kmart yeah, they, shopping Klingons. That's right. They they they, they like like um, they look like Klingons, except that instead of having ridges on their heads, they had fab, uh, fabric. Yeah, and then <laughs> you know. wasn't wasn't the whole thing that they're looking for water or something or? No, no, they were basically they were the ones who were up. They were like all tribes, and um, yeah, they were the ones who were upset that Voyager destroyed the uh, the array that prevented them from going back home. Um, oh, that's and what so it was. they were they were they were chasing them and and yeah one of one of voyager's crew was in league with them and all of this sort of thing. I, I like many star trek shows the first season was was not as good as it got later on no the um, moment they brought yeah. in the borg and they got rid of kess i liked kess at first but there was something about her the actress that was kind of off-putting for me after season one there's mm. something about her and then it, it turns out that she was a big disruption to the cast and crew um, I think she was having some mental issues, to be honest. Yeah, uh, she she went on to have things afterwards as well. So yeah. perhaps, perhaps uh, you look. There's a lot of young people in Hollywood who get a get a job and hit the booze and hit the drugs and yeah. become difficult. Um, and podcasting too. That was David's thing. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, it was. We we had to have an intervention. <laughs> it was 
sad. It was via yeah. Skype, though, so it was very effective. Yeah, I know, yeah. It was. <laughs> right, yeah. You pick up this call now. Pick it <laughs> so up. Calling the police. Do 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 do. No, it was. Uh, I, I I really liked the Seven of Nine characters. I mean, she had yeah. an amazing arc in that yeah. show because she was a drone, and they turned yeah. her back human, and then. To make it even better, she was in the very first season of Picard and then the second season. And then kind of she comes full circle. She becomes a We're going to, by the way, if you guys haven't seen Picard season three, Mandalorian season three, The Last of Us and Dungeons and Dragons movie, this is not the episode to listen to yeah. because we're going to spoil yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that Voyager character, Seven of Nine, makes a complete you know, character arc, and then they set her up to be in a new series if they want to go that route. So, yeah, I I was really pleased for the actress um, who plays... Jerry Ryan. The, Jerry Ryan, because apparently she had a really hard time on Voyager because Kate Mulgrew, who played Janeway, was not happy yeah. when she was brought in because as far as she was concerned, she was the star um and she wanted to be consulted on changes to the show and when it came to jerry ryan she wasn't consulted and she kind of thought the you know the kind of the uh, skin suited uh form-fitting uniform was too much and you know they they she really felt it was it she, I, th- I think she thought it was kind of undermining the premise of the show which was weird because obviously her relationship uh, Janeway's relationship with um, Seven and Nine became the core of those final seasons. Yeah, because because she be, she took on like a mentoring role, so it's kind of weird to see that it still worked despite the fact that um, that they didn't really like each other and didn't really get on. My understanding um, is they eventually became friends, but it took a long time, and I think it was yeah. after the show was over. Exactly. Yeah, but I think that you know it, you you do have to wonder. How much development the seven nine char- seven of nine character was hindered by that really because she did develop but then she kind of hit a level uh, and just kind and of plateaued yeah plateaued exactly whereas obviously what we've seen in three seasons of Picard is we've seen her develop again complete which is what you would expect you know if you've spent twenty years effectively in slavery and then you you come out of that then you are going to develop over time and discover who you are as a person and she definitely does that over the course of three seasons of Picard and frankly was really made the final season I mean she was she was the key character uh, in really what drove a lot of the plot going along Um, and um, yeah it's I really do hope that they uh, the the kind of the soft pitch they've made for a a new show kind of comes off because uh, it this last season of Picard was so good I was a little worried that, look, I I really liked the first season of Picard, even though there was some, I had some issues with it. Yeah. Um, I really didn't like the android girl, the Mm -hmm. actress who played her. I I never really bought into who and what she was. I just didn't like that actress. I did something about her was, I didn't, I never bought her in the role, if you will. Yeah. Um, And season two was kind of a mess. Yeah. Um, it was their voyage home. Okay, we're going to go to the 20th century or 21st century. And uh, haven't we been here before? The fish out of water thing in Star Trek just doesn't work really. Um, not anymore. We've seen it and we've seen it yeah. done better. There yeah. was a couple things in there, like the guy playing the loud music 
in public transportation was the same yeah. guy in that from that movie when you know that, that was kind of cool yeah. yeah um but season three i was like oh they're bringing back the whole cast uh sans wesley crusher for reasons um i i don't know i i was a little i was a little worried i was like okay they're gonna they're gonna finish picard as a series how are they gonna squeeze all these characters in here because i thought they were gonna bring back all the characters from season one and two as well yeah. They didn't do that. They went to a completely different direction. And my problem initially was it's almost like they didn't acknowledge that anything in season one or two happened. Nothing. <laughs> he finally says he loves this woman. This uh, uh, what was what was her race? The uh, the Romulans. Yeah, yeah. Romulans. <laughs> and then she disappears. <laughs> yeah, completely gone. You don't hear a peep about her. He never mentions her. Yeah. Where the hell was she this whole season? Yeah, you'd have thought maybe he would have been a bit, a little bit more conflicted about some of what happened, bearing in mind that relationship. But no, apparently not. Um, yeah. Nope, he's uh, over her, I guess, and they're broke up. And it well, was weird. yeah, but the point is they're not even broken up. He just no. says, "Well, I've got to go off and do this thing." She goes, "You know, well, you've got to go and do it." And it's like, "Yeah, forget about okay. you." Yeah, I'll see you whenever. You know, not even a not even a space phone call to say, uh, "Let me bring you up to speed." Got some news. Right. Was she even in the first episode? I can't remember. She was, yeah, just before he... Uh, when he gets the message from uh, from Beverly, then he discusses... Oh, my ex-girlfriend her. calls. I've got to go. Yeah. That's not going to cause any problems. Yeah. Um, <laughs> especially especially someone who's a, who's a trained stealth assassin. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe she was there the whole time. You just didn't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we were talking about... And, and this is going to lead right into our um, Picard conversation that after they kind of started doing all these um, new Trek series on Paramount Plus and wherever, you probably watch on what, Netflix or something? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that they really don't acknowledge DS9. Deep Space Nine was, for a long time, my favorite Star Trek TV series. It, it was just, it, it was brilliant. My very first screen name on AOL was DS9, DS9. Yeah. Uh, that's how much I liked it. And they really haven't acknowledged that show, according to you, to the extent that they have a lot of the other ones, such as, you know, The Next Generation and Voyager. So um, it's, it, if you've watched, have you, have you watched Lower Decks? Yes. The cartoon show. So yeah. Lower, that it gets a lot of love on Lower Decks. Which um, is good because Lower yeah. Decks is awesome. Yeah, and they've been to Deep Space Nine and Lower Decks. Quarks is a, is a, is a galaxy-spanning franchise on Lower Decks. They talk about it all the time. They there's a big there's a whole the third season has a big, you know, th- uh, thing all set on Deep Space Nine. Yep, I watched and, you it. know it, it was wonderful to see, you know, even on cartoon form the the promenade and the sets and the station and stuff again. But but uh, you know Picard bases a lot of the plot of um, this third season on stuff that happened out of the Dominion War. Yeah, that's what. But again, that's, it, that was the kickoff. Yeah, the changelings it, are back and yeah. But but the problem is it, it it it's almost used as like you know well it's just history. There's no there's none of the uh, reverence for what happened on Deep Space Nine that you get on this show for Voyager and for the Next Generation. I just find it slightly odd that uh, DS Nine appears to have become the redheaded stepchild. Uh, I mean even Enterprise gets more mentions nowadays than Deep Space Nine yeah. does. You know and and Enterprise was by far and away their um, uh, least popular show. 
Um, so I, I just find it really, really odd, and I don't understand if you're going to go and visit the nostalgia well while nobody's gone, you know, oh, yeah, Deep Space Nine was a thing. What happened to all the people who were there? Well, uh, they some, ended DS9 in a, in a very strange way, too. Yeah. You know, Cisco yeah. goes off to the Celestial Palace inside the wormhole and yeah. never to be seen again. Yeah. And apparently, yeah. And now, don't get me wrong, I can quite, I can quite understand if Avery Brooks decided that he was done with it and he just didn't want to revisit it and he's a really odd guy yeah he is but um by all accounts plenty of people on the next generation had the same thoughts but it's been 25 years and they all came back for this one um i just don't understand and you know in some respect i mean cisco was a great character yes he was so different from picard yes he didn't like picard at the beginning yeah exactly in fact i don't think he ever really did you could almost argue that if you look at the way the captain of the Titan in this third season of Picard treat, uh, P- treats Picard, he's almost like a surrogate character. It's yeah. the same. It's the same plot line. You know, you 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 did her terrible things to me with the Borg. Uh, I hate you. Um, but I, I th- you know, in some respects, Cisco was uh, great as character he was. He wasn't the only interesting character on Deep Space Nine. There were some fantastic characters in that show. Well, they can't do uh, Odo because that actor died. Yeah, um, but the you know there Quark was Garak, there was well, Garak, there was yeah. Julian, Garak was, there was very, but Garak had a, his his whole story was pretty much told on that series. I mean, where do you where do you take that character at that point? Well, exactly. Well, that's what that's an interesting starting point is. Where do you take a guy who's yeah. basically been through his entire redemption arc and is still alive, and the universe has changed? What do you do with him then? Yeah. You know, I I, I wonder I, if these writers just don't care for ds9 because none none of the people the production people were from ds9 that's that's probably something to do with it you know um it was very much uh was what's the guy's name iris stephen bear show Uh, and then the other guy who was instrumental in it also died um about 15 years ago um so maybe it's just that i just i just find it i just find it a shame because i I I just don't think you can really do anything with ds9 without cisco A, a character popping up Bashir every now and then was one thing, but I, you know, without Cisco, where Kira, I was never, I, I didn't really care about that character. You know, she just well, well, they brought they bring Ro Laren back in this in this Picard series, and Kira was was originally meant to be Ro Laren. Um, yes, the the actress passed on taking the role, so they re recast it and rewrote the character, which but is too bad because so, she's way better. Yeah, but but maybe that's. They feel by bringing Ro Laren back, they've kind of closed that circle. They don't want need to go to Kira again. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I yeah, I, I, who knows how it could be done? I mean, we're not creatives. And maybe you do need Avery Brooks, and maybe you and I should go and doorstep him and say, what the hell, man? Show some respect. No, he, he's, <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. He's more into music and stuff. I think he pretty much retired from acting. Right. And okay. I've seen interviews with him where he's he's an odd duck. I mean... He acts like he has these big secrets, and he's just not telling the interviewee and yeah. or the interviewer, and it, it, it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Like, okay, you need to get over yourself, dude. You're not all yeah. that, you know. Yeah, maybe. So I think I think they're not doing DS9 because without Cisco, there really is no DS9, and he has mm-hmm. zero interest. So yeah, I think we're but, just screwed. But they yeah, do but, bring back. Um, well, this this was like TNG season. Eight. Yeah, this oh, was yeah. no question. <laughs> this, this was per- almost perfectly TNG season eight. This was like, you know, redemption for 
a couple of well let's face it the first contact was the only decent movie they did the ones they did after that were terrible yes insurrection was terrible um and the way they got rid of data in the movies was i know i know for a fact that patrick stewart was never happy about that no he was always very upset yeah, but he did it. They did it because uh, Brent Spiner said, "Look, I can't keep playing this character. I'm getting older. It doesn't yep. make sense to have an old android, uh, and he can't age. So I can't keep playing him." And also, I think he was a bit tired of it by that point. I mean, you he know, was getting but, typecast and everything. Yeah, but um, you know, a, a big break changes your mind. And let's face it, the the guy's been in every season of Picard, so he obviously had some. Regrets, yep. and you know, Data has been killed and resurrected three times now. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, but they, finally, they, they finally they brought it home in a way that yes. kind of made sense. This was the way it always should have been done. It's like yep. you know, yeah, find a way to capture Data's consciousness, consciousness, stick it in a new body, job done. Yeah, um, and they, and they for some it reason it's he's in his you know late sixties, which is weird. <laughs> he's in an aged late sixties body, but yeah. They, yeah, there you go. Um, they they couldn't really have brought him back for this season without uh, they couldn't have done the whole recast and put it in a new body type thing. No, not for this. Back. Yeah, no. yep. if they're going to use know, him forward, they probably do need to recast. Yeah. But, but, but um, what I loved about this show is that that the the introduction of all of these TNG characters was it it was all very organic and natural. It was very deftly done. Yep. There was, you know, it didn't feel like, you know, okay, let's come up with some kind of what they did in the movies where they, because remember that in first contact, Wolf was on DS9 and they had to contrive a reason to get him to Enterprise. And then on the second one, he was just kind of there, even though it didn't fit with the, with the continuity of what he was doing elsewhere. And and then for the third one, the, the final one, again, he was kind of there just because, and even though he'd apparently not signed up to do that so this time they for each of the characters they made it very very organic and they took the most unlikely starting point which is you know the doctor who was always kind of just like you know apart from the history with with they never did anything with her character no and this time they've they've gone okay well let's let's think about how she would have changed over that time um, well, she's the catalyst then, of bringing everyone together yeah, in the first but, place. But she kicks she kicks the series off again. It all comes across as being, you know, kind of organic and natural. And they, they play to that all the way through the show. Yep. She never reverts to being just the Doctor. And, you know, even in the final episode, there's there's that scene where she kind of takes control of Wolf Station and blows everything up. And everyone looks at her like, what the hell? Yeah. And and it was just and she go and she goes. It's been a long time. I've been through some stuff. You know, it's it was just brilliant. It really, yeah. really was. I like the fact that her and Picard had been on and off, and we knew that it yeah. was always kind of. They never really brought it out, but as a viewer, you kind of knew something was still going on between them every now and then. Yeah, and yet that was there was no resolution to that on the series, and now jumping ahead twenty five years, thirty years later. It turns out she got pregnant, yeah, and she had a child, and it's Picard's. Picard never had a child. That was one of his big regrets. Um, I mean, he talked about it on, you know, not just the series, but in uh, First Contact, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, and and uh, you know, this was always addressed by the fact that he had a couple of experiences on the show where he actually had to have a family, didn't he? And then mm-hmm. in Generations, he has a family in the fantasy world, and he doesn't embrace it, um, and. Uh, Again, it, it kind of always came across as something he kind of wanted but didn't know how to deal with. 
uh, and um, and and of course that then becomes the core of this series as well. And look, yeah, no, we've we've seen that we've seen that trope before of you know non-family man suddenly discovers he's got a family and he's got to try and cope with it and deal with it. And and I thought I thought Patrick Stewart did a great job of you know initially resisting it and then coming round to it and then eventually developing the full parental pride type thing. I thought that again was handled pretty well given that you know they had quite a lot to pack into this season thank god they did the right number of episodes um, right we'll, yeah we'll if they wouldn't went any longer it wouldn't have well worked. yeah but but also as well but they weren't tempted to do it shorter one of the one of the problems i have with the mandalorian this season is that they stuck to their eight episode format and i think there was too much going on for that um this was just they they i mean it was an odd episode number as well was it nine i think so nine yeah. or ten nine or ten but it was just like well it was just just enough they, well, they, they let really the creative them team to... do exactly what they wanted yeah, to do, and, and they nothing al- more, nothing less. And not only that, they they had some very um, useful and natural cliffhangers in this, where yeah. you really things look, you know, you, for those three or four episodes where you think, well, things look really dark. How are they going to get out of this? And then they have the there's not the just necessarily the quick Star Trek. Oh well, I'll just. Uh, reconnect this circuit to the plasma conduit and that will give us this new superpower for the ship there was a little bit of that but it was it it, it had room to breathe yeah and all the characters had lots of time to to react to these very very dark circumstances they get put into um without without necessarily being squashed out by the action so i really yep. enjoyed that i thought it was really good and it gave them room for more cameos more throwbacks well here's that what know. got me now you mentioned the mandalorian the star wars universe yeah. We got, in Picard Season 3, something that, quite honestly, doesn't happen very often. We got all of the original actors on screen at the same time interacting multiple times, especially how it ends with them playing poker, yeah. which was a big thing on the series. Yeah, That's what we wanted yeah. in the new Star Wars movies. We wanted to see Han, Luke, and Leia all together, and we never got it. And now, of course, it's too late. We never got it. We were completely robbed as fans of seeing that reunion, which we all wanted so badly. And it made no sense not to give it to us. It made no sense. Well, yeah. Well, the problem with Star Wars is that Star Wars wants to be action, action, action all the time. They don't give themselves the room for these emotional breathing moments. No. And really, if you want nostalgia, it's it's you don't just want to see the characters again. You know, as a as an older person doing the same stuff. Sometimes you want that but sometimes what you want is to actually see how have these people changed yeah how do they well, interact you know, now they're not uh, yeah, the same people that they were exactly yeah 30 years and, ago and, and what and, and what's it like and and you know how how close are those bonds between yeah. them and uh why know, didn't what, what, I, I never agreed with leia and han breaking up i never no. agreed that uh, thought that was a good idea not to have leia as an actual jedi with luke we never got that interaction I mean, we got well, yeah, we, one we scene, got Luke, which was stupid. Which is yeah, we got we got Luke the Jedi who, after spending three movies fighting for something, he's given yeah, up completely, completely yeah, abrogated it, it, all it, those responsibilities. Yeah, let's not even talk about. It. I just yeah. I'm just going to get pissed off and, and I don't yeah. want to. Um, yeah. I thought the season three of Picard was brilliant and terrible at the same time. Brilliant because everything we just said. Terrible because we're not going to get it again. Yeah, um, and and I and also as well, there were some plot points that just kind of i mean they they 
they discarded a lot of what's happened to the last two seasons of Picard. Well, I yeah, did like, the Borg again, I, really? Well, I did. Well, this is it. I did like the fact that um, they made it clear during the series that actually those first those three seasons of Picard took place over a much wider time period than you might think. Yeah, they take place over 10 years or so. Whereas, um, you know, rather than being like one year after one year after one year. I like that. What, but, but yeah, we had a whole thing where the, the Borg threat was effectively replaced by, you know, we've got a kind of a friendly half-human Borg queen who who's kind of down with all of us and wants to be in the Federation at the right. end of the last season. And yeah. she apparently didn't turn up for this one. And I'd have thought she'd have been quite... A helpful ally to have yeah and she just let the oh no she let the original i think it was meant to be um the boar queen that that janeway defeated to yes. get the voyage back home so right so she comes back from from the grave um and and obviously she takes advantage of of some borg stuff in in jack crusher yeah and and yeah the the that other sector of the Borg, apparently ju- you just, just let them, you know, oh, well, the Federation might be annihilated and completely assimilated into organic Borg. We're cool with that. Uh, it was a massive plot hole that yep. uh, I didn't what they should have What they should have done is leave the Borg completely out of it, out of it and it should have been just the changelings. That yeah. made way more sense. When you realize that this is the changelings from DS9, you're like, oh, crap, this is pretty good. Although I will say when they finally open the door and there's a Borg cube there in his mind, that was like, oh, shit. But yeah. it should have been the changelings the whole time. I think the changelings are a way bigger threat than the Borg ever were because they yeah. can be anybody. They can go anywhere. It's very hard to detect them. And they have a legitimate beef with the Federation. Yeah. you know, And that would have been great, but... They were just a setup to bring the Borg back, which I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think the problem is they wanted they they wanted that final episode. They wanted the Galaxy Class Enterprise. They wanted it to be kicking ass. They wanted it to be flying inside Borg cubes. Yep. Um, and so that kind of drove their destination. Yeah. And the the changings can't do that. No. Um, well, you know, they the could. Change, but... Well, the, yeah, the changings are a different type of threat. But they wanted to bring you know, the ship out of retirement um, and all of that. And it was, and, see, you know, it was great to see the D in action. Oh, it was absolutely. I always felt that again, the D got kind of got short shrift because the budget restrictions of the movies of, of the TV show meant it could never do really big battle scenes. It was only right. later on in deep space nine when they embraced CGI and they, and they, the CGI brought the cost down. You, you could see proper epic Starfleet battles yeah. and, by then it was too late for the D because it had already been destroyed. Um, so, you know, I'll tell you I, one I, thing I don't like that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth where they, the Titan goes through all this shit. I mean, yeah. and it really proves itself, right? Yep. And then they just re-Christian at the Enterprise. Bullshit. No. Yeah. When a I'm ship not, goes not, through that much stuff, they don't, it's actually in the Navy really, really bad luck to change the yeah, name of a ship. Yeah, I know ship. that, yeah. And also, and, it was or, it was already the Titan A. It was already an old yeah. ship that yeah. had been refitted. Yeah. So to make it the Federation flagship, I, I look. I, I know what they're trying to do. They're oh, trying yeah. to obviously kick off a new series. Sure. They felt that they felt that would be the best one, if it says the Enterprise. Way, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But but um, just give her a but, new Enterprise. That's all they had yeah, to do. It, it made no sense for for them to come over and see that. Oh, look! It's not the Titan anymore. It's the Enterprise, and they're like, oh yay! No, it, that didn't work for yeah, me. Yeah, and not, I was only, not, not only that, that that reveal ha- was done before. 
Um, yes, because they did it with the end with the Enterprise A in the movies, so yep. it was kind of a yeah, it was kind of a wasted thing for me. But having said that, the the, the few negatives I have about this show, I, this is one of the first TV shows I've watched in a very long time, where every first of all every episode felt like you you thought how can how can that only been one episode of the show? So yeah. much happened and it all worked. Yep. You know, and and yeah, it's one of those few few TV shows that that we've seen recently where you you kind of you itching to watch the next one yep. because it was so good. Yeah, you know, and I don't I, I think know I what, waited three episodes in and started it, which yeah, I was glad I did. I, I I don't know where the guy who um, ran this show, the showrunner Terry, yep. yeah, I don't know where he came from. But he, I'm was thinking, a, he was he was a um, Voyager guy. Right, yeah, but I'm thinking, why has this guy not been working in this recently? Why is it only yeah. now that he's gotten to this? Because this guy is so good. Well, maybe he only yeah. had one thing in him. This was it. By the way, if right. you hear a lot of noise in the background, we, we're going through a uh, really heavy rainstorm right now. Okay, I can't really hear it, so hopefully yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um, yeah, I, I was, I, I loved what he did with this. I like even the characters who don't make it to the end of the show. I loved, I loved yep. the new Captain of the Titan. That he's, oh, he was great. He, you know, that he's a, and he apparently did it. He has appeared in a couple of episodes of Star Trek before, but um, he, yeah, he was fantastic. You know, to, to see somebody who's an arrogant captain. Uh, he's not impressed by these these old timers, and then and then we we get natural reasons for why that is, which was great. Um, by the you way, know, it, it, you made it made him a likable character, at least sympathetic. Yeah, well, not only that, he's ragging on Seven all the time, yeah, and she thinks he hates her, and it turns out that while he doesn't like her very much, he recog- even he's still even though he comes across as an as an idiot and an, and a dick. He's still saying, "Well, yeah." Despite that, she's she's fantastic. She needs promotion, you know. That, we find that, that at the end. scene at the end where she's sitting in front of Tuvok and she's going to resign, yeah. and she effectively does, but he doesn't yeah. accept it. Was a really powerful scene that wasn't as good as it needed to be. They needed Janeway right there, and I know yeah. that that was the original plan, and they just couldn't afford it into the budget. Yeah. I say that's horseshit. All they needed Janeway was for one scene. Kate Mulgrew should have done it. It well, she, would have she's been doing, perfect. She's it's, she's not averse to working on it. She's doing the the prodigy show. She's doing the voice on that. Yeah, she. So they really, could have brought her they in sh- for. They, what they should have done is to say, look, you know, uh, we'll pay you what we can pay you, but really for for closure of the character, you yep. know, do it at scale. It'll take you half a day. Wow, you know? the rain's really coming down here. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I mean I mean again. Tuvok is is Tuvok is Tuvok, but I, I felt he was a little bit wasted in this as well. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, no no when, question. When the guys just sat on the screen or sat down the desk, it's not. Um, yeah, Tuvok was always great because despite being a, a cold, emotionless Vulcan, he was a real action guy. Yeah, he was. You I, know, and they had Tim. I was watching this other series, uh, also I believe on Paramount Plus, but maybe not, um, called Poker Face, mm-hmm. and is. Each episode was kind of a standalone thing, although there was this overarching, she's running from these bad guys. Okay. Yeah. And she can always tell when someone's lying. It's almost, right. it's like her superpower. Yeah. It was a really good season one. I know it's been running for season two, but they had some big actors on each episode as kind of like small cameos or people that you've seen. Well, Tim Ross was one of them. He's one of the people that yeah. get killed at the beginning of an episode and then the whole episode's about how how and why and but the moment they showed him i was like tuvok (laughs) so that was cool um we could keep going on but there's one last thing 
they totally set this end of Picard up for a new series. And they do it in a way that I thought was just brilliant. They bring back Q. Yeah. <laughs> which makes yeah. no sense because he died in season two. But he's, he addresses that. We humans, yeah. you think so linearly. Yeah. Um, and he's saying that, yes, while Picard's, Jean-Luc Picard's uh, whatever is over... Well, Jack Crusher's is just, not Jack. Is it Jack? Yeah, Jack Crusher's yeah, Jack is just Crusher's beginning. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was great. I yeah. was like, yes, we got to have more of these. Because I thought the actor who played Jack Crusher was just great on the show. Well, I, I've got to say, well, I think all of the minor actors, even the bridge officers on the Titan, yes. I thought were, were, you know, they were they were acting out their skins. And, and it, much like in discovery we got to know these bridge officers over time and they became better characters and all of that i thought they set that up very well as well i'm i'm completely down for not just seven as captain and raffi as first officer but for all of those uh, i could do without raffi well okay fine that you've got to have you've got to have you've got to have a number one character yeah it shouldn't be raffi uh well anyway um well her character doesn't uh, make any sense to be number one on any starship right I mean, she's a broken person. I mean, she's yeah. broken. Oh, but she's redeemed. Everyone's yeah. got, re- everyone yeah, everyone got, redeemed. got redeemed. Yeah, that's that's the that's the thing. And now it's uh, you know, it's it's back back to the status quo of of Star Trek, just like yeah. Mandalorian. Reset everything. Reset everything at the end of the season. Back to the status quo of the Mandalorian. So, well, uh, let's talk about Mando season yeah. three. I thought it was a good season. It was the worst of all three so far, though. And if they say we're going to do two more seasons of Mando and it's over, I'd be okay with it. As long as they give me some more stuff like Andor. So my my problem with it is that um, I felt it it was like eating Chinese food. While you're eating it, you're thinking, this is great. I'm really enjoying this. It's really, really good. And then you finish it, and, uh, and uh, uh, like 20 minutes, half half an hour later, you think, okay, well, uh, that was okay. It filled the gap, but um, it didn't really leave me satisfied. And I think Well, they keep it- doing these things that they did in Boba Fett where they completely get away from Boba Fett, and they focus on the Mandalorian and Luke and all that stuff. And you're yeah. like, okay, that was great, and it was better than the Boba Fett stuff. More of that, please. But this is Boba Fett. Why are we seeing this? They did the same thing here where they go, they see this doctor that you see, a scientist, I guess, that you see in the first episode, or first uh, series of Mando, who's into cloning. And they follow him around, and he's on some kind of a, hey, we're, I'm going to be a good guy now, and I'm going through the program. And it's like, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous for Imperial officers, I guess. Yeah. And then they get away from it, and that's it. That's okay. None of that no more. So, well, look, they were trying to tie everything together towards the return of Moff Gideon at the end of the season. I, I didn't really feel they landed that well, but I no. was, you know, I've got to be honest. I, I was quite, I quite enjoyed seeing the uh, Coruscant stuff. It was like, well, oh, I yeah, did yeah, too, but it didn't fit to, in. That's my problem. Yeah, you've got it. But, but yeah, this is my problem with the whole season is that they had all this stuff going on. They had the whole Mandalore stuff going on, and actually. There was very little stuff that was focused on the Mandalorian. It right. was it was focused on stuff going on around or Grogu the Mandalorian. for that matter. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, when, then we, we get to the end of the season and there's a very clear, all right, we recognise this. We're going to go back to the original structure of the season, of, of the first season, which is focused purely on... He goes on jobs, on, gets Yeah, bad he goes guys. on jobs. This is going to be about how he trains Grogu, who's now his adopted right. son and all of that. And, and I'm thinking, immediately I'm thinking... Oh, well, great. I wish we could have had that this season and yeah. not bothered with all this other stuff. Yeah, all the other stuff we didn't you know? care about. No one really well, cares about the the Mandalorians and the different sects and the how they come to no, We don't really care about that. I, we I, just I, think I, they're badass yeah. uniforms and they're good fighters. Look, I understand how they wanted to give um, Bo, Bo-Katan her... Her you could have done of, everything with Bo-Katan in a half an episode. Yeah, you really uh, well, have. I agree. I, I think I think that's what they were aiming for. Is they wanted they wanted to have her redemption arc to close off her story from the Clone Wars. Um, but yeah, I would have even if they could they'd have done it in maybe over two episodes, and then the rest of, would have been more Mandalorian. I would have been much happier with yes. that. I think that's the that's the real problem. Is that this, there wasn't enough Mandalorian in the Mandalorian. And we didn't see anything about Fett. No. I mean, he just went through all this stuff with Fett on Fett's own show, and now this big Mandalorian thing's going on. Where the hell's Boba Fett? Well, you know what? I could could do without Boba Fett at this point. No, I agree, but it didn't make... (laughs) Logically, it didn't make any sense. Well, yeah, I, I... I, I was happy they didn't they didn't plumb that particular well. It's sad um, that they took such a badass character and completely ruined him in one season of Boba Fett's. I mean, Boba yeah. Fett was so great. His theme music is amazing. But I, yet, I think I think yeah. they they I think they did that deliberately because it was so poorly received. They thought if we keep plugging away at this, look, I th- the the issue now is that is that they've built like a mini universe, a Star Wars universe within the Star Wars. They've built a Mandoverse now. And this season was very much in service to the next couple of seasons of shows from different people that are part of the Mandoverse. And presumably this is all going to come together eventually into a Star Wars movie, a Mandalorian-based Star Wars movie. But the problem is it's, it is diluting what made the Mandalorian good. And yep. each each individual episode of this show... I enjoyed. I don't. I don't want to make it sound like I hated it. I no, did not. I, didn't I enjoyed hate each it. of no, them one, but it's just like saying, "Well, I enjoyed that, but it's not really what I wanted." Um, and and I think that's that's really how I felt about the whole thing. Is like, yeah, it was it was enjoyable, but it's not really what I wanted. I also have some real issues with the fact that you know the Mandalorians are badass. We know that, yeah, and they wear this badass Beskar armor that apparently, unless you've got lines in the show. Uh, if you've got lines in the show, uh, it's impervious to laser blasts. But if you haven't got lines in the show, then you can go it, down quick. You can, you can go down with one or two shots. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it's just like, guys, really, don't be lazy. Yeah, you can have you can have the Mandalorian struggling to beat, you know, huge flocks of of clone troopers or whatever they were. Even if they've got Beskar as well, but don't make it look like it's easy. Right. That you know, for the guys, and 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 then and then yeah, the ones who are important to the plot are the ones who can bounce off laser shots and and have big big epic fights and deaths and all of that sort of thing. I understand that's part of the drama is you've got to build characters up and tear them down, and you've got to have you know uh, noble deaths in this sort of show. But yeah, don't make the the other ones just cannon fodder. It's right. just you know, I'd rather not have them there. I'd rather have you know the guys with the scripts. Um, face off against the same number of stormtroopers uh, and be overwhelmed by the numbers and, and that sort of thing rather than just have, you know, 
guys just dropping like flies in the background just because they happen to be um, not friends with Bo-Katan at the beginning of the season. <laughs> I, I like the concept of Pedro Pascal, the guy who plays a Mandalorian, acting as a surrogate dad yeah. with a childlike character going on a journey. Hey, let's do that again, but take off the helmet and make the Grogu a human and call it The Last of Us, and let's That's put it on what, HBO. So that, that was the joke that I made to you. I said, oh, well, I'm really confused with the Mandalorian because he stopped wearing his helmet and Grogu's turned into a foul-mouthed little girl. Yeah. The, uh, the Last yeah. of Us season one is done. Uh, we we, we are having, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, oh, my is. God, it's well, such a good show. So here's the contrast. It just goes to show you can take a very similar setup in a different universe and have the lead guy playing a very similar character and all, and and it can be something that's that's with you know it's certainly as good as the third first ep, first season of the mandalorian oh it's cer- better and certainly a hundred times better than pretty much anything else i've watched this year with maybe with the exception of picard and you know picard no it's under- better than picard well, I understand with Picard, there are some people who actually hated this last season of Picard and really didn't like it at all. Uh, and then there are those of us like you those and I Those are called love, idiots. Well, there's those, are, those of us like you and I who love The Next Generation, and that really yep. covers our thing. But there is nobody who is saying there is anything wrong with The Last of Us. No. It's virtually the perfect TV show. You, did you know, here's a little bit, because I, I never really played that video game. No, I've I've never played it on. And and I understand they did some shot shot for shot just like they did in the cinematics in the video game yeah. which like the airplane crashing that was right. pretty cool. Uh, but the girl who does the voice for Ellie in the video game is the woman who played her mother. Yes, when, yes, I, I knew that. Yeah. That's I'd, I'd pretty heard, cool. I heard that. That that is neat. Well, I like how they right. did that. I I, I mean Look, we we know Pedro Pascal is a great actor, and you know a guy can act his socks off when he spends most of his time with a helmet on uh, and with a, a modulated voice. Yep. You know he's a great actor, yep. but in this he's a phenomenal. But it, yeah. the point is, is yet again, and it goes to show. I think this is what the bigger budgets and the better showrunners have have brought to television now on uh, through these streaming services, is that you get these shows and. So many of the actors in these shows are top notch. Well, I I I was I knew Pedro Pascal before he did The Mandalorian. He was in Narcos on on HBO, and he was great in there. And so when I found out he's going to be Mando, I was like, "Oh, that he's a really good actor. That should that should really work." But but then we have Gabriel Luna who plays Andor, playing his brother in this, and it was you wouldn't know. No. You really wouldn't know. That's how different a performance he gives. Yep. Is that he doesn't look like he looks in Andor. And, uh, yeah, you see the name, you think, oh, isn't that the guy from Andor? But then you see who he's playing, you think, oh, my God, what a completely different performance. Yep. And, again, you know, really the the relationship between those two was, was fantastic. Yeah. But then but then the, the girl from Game of Thrones they got playing Ellie is just amazing. She is uh, the heart and soul of the the whole thing. I mean, it's really, we start following him and they bring her her into it, but it's her show. It really is. And and the point is, she's got such a difficult role to play because she has to play a combination of, uh, you know, a naive kid, a tough kid. Yeah, somebody who stands up for herself and then also goes on a journey because she's still vulnerable. But it's still vulnerable. And she, you know, she completely and utterly convinces you 
It, 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 it really was. I, I was quite astonished. I mean, she. I think she's an amazing actress. She is. She did uh, a really good job. I think her character, quite honestly, is the one that kind of sneaks up on people. You start watching because of, uh, you know, Pedro's character. Yeah. And that he, okay, he's this badass, but he's really not. I mean, he is, but he isn't. He yeah, obviously think- loves his brother. He's going through a lot of pain. He loses his daughter, right? And Yeah. I mean, it was... You really liked his daughter. The the actress who plays his daughter was yeah. just great, and you really yeah. connect with her. And then, boom, she's dead. Yeah, and and you really feel that impact. And, so he's closed seen... himself off. He's got yeah. her now because he's been hired to take her to a cer- certain yeah. place, and it turns out she has what they hope, anyways, is the cure for this fungus zombie thing that's going around. Um, that's brought about the end of the world for the most part and that all he has to do is accept that she's going to die because the cure is in her brain. They're going to have to replicate something and it's in her brain and she's going to die. And you know, her as a character, she will accept it. Yeah. She will definitely sacrifice herself to save the world, to end this plague. He takes that choice out of her hands and lies to her about it at the end. And she knows it, but she doesn't. And she's just, She's choosing to accept, okay, he, I don't think he's telling me the truth, but I'm going to accept it. No, because, because you, at the start of the season, you assume that the, um, you know, the, I mean, there's, we, we've seen, again, this is a story we've seen many, many sure. times in fiction. The tough loner takes on a, a reluctantly takes Lone on Lone wolf and cub. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and then builds a relationship with them over the course of the of the drama. But the thing is, is that you think at the beginning, OK, well, she's just going to be a mirror for him. She's the emotional mirror for him. When, in fact, as you say, it becomes her story mm-hmm. and about how he recognises, you know, not quite apart from his own demons, that she has suffered so much through her life because of this world they live in and that he is the only person she's ever really been able to rely on. And he can't, for that reason, let her down. Not Even just though, that. It, she also becomes his, in his mind, his, the surrogate daughter that he exactly. lost. Exactly. Yeah. That's but, why but that, he can't let her die. Yeah. You kind, you kind of expect that. But the thing is, as I think, I think what's what's great about this show is there's a there's an undercurrent to it, which is this world that's left behind is populated by horrible, horrible people, including. Um, including Joel. Joel recognises he's a horrible person as well. And they go through this journey and they have to do horrible things to horrible people. And even sometimes when you think the people are, are okay, then you find out there's some horrible stuff going on in there as well because everyone's doing what they can to survive. And he comes to the conclusion, I think, at the end of the show that this isn't a world that deserves saving from Cordyceps because it, the people who are left are all horrible. Yeah, you know, and kind you know, of. But the, then you get the the um, the couple who the gay couple. Yeah, their the, story was. Oh, it's oh my it god! Was, it's it so brilliant. brilliant. I, yeah, we I, say yeah. it's so good. I yeah. want. I did not want them to die. I wanted them to keep going. But this but, is what I'm talking about about having good actors and yeah. the, and the and the ability to really devote a whole episode purely to their story. Yeah, and you just you know you. You, you, they convince a whole lifetime into into one episode, uh, three quarters of an hour. Yeah, and and, and it was just it just. This guy's this survivalist, lives on his own. He's yeah. he's 
positioned perfectly in his life to survive this thing. Exactly. He sets but up all these traps, yeah. and then a guy falls into it, and that's yeah. going to be his husband. That's and, right. But, but not and you that, completely this guy buy has, it. Yeah, this guy has a huge hole in his life. And yeah. he thinks he's set up to survive the apocalypse, but he's and, missed probably the most important thing. Yeah. And he comes to realize how important it is to him. Um, it was it was so it was lovely. And, it, you know, I think it's I'm, the best love story I've seen on TV in a long yeah. time. I mean, yeah, I, these two actors are, were just so good. And and from what I understand, this is only implied in the game, and they took the opportunity to turn it into a you know good. making it making it real. And yeah, it was it was wonderful. And and I love the you know the turn in it where you think, oh, it's the uh, it's the strong guy who's who's been shot. He's going to die. Uh, and then it moves on, and it's and it's turned around. It, yep. I, I, it was just fantastic. It really, yep. really was. So, so you know. it, the whole season of The Last of Us, season one, was uh, I, I think it was probably the best show that's come out this year. Yeah, definitely. the year's still you know not even halfway through yet, so we still have a long way to go. But man, it was it was you would never know this is a video game adaptation. Never. Well, that that's the that's the key thing. I know The Last of Us, the game, is meant to be very very cinematic anyway. Yeah. Uh, and that's why it was it was right for this. But um, you know, they they did make changes apparently, and um, yeah, well, you kind of have to in some yeah. aspects. But it, we didn't. It, 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 there's hardly any shooting. Think about yeah. that for a minute. You you would think that this would be the zombie apocalypse is going to be a bunch of shooting, and well, we've already seen how humans are actually the bad guys in The Walking yeah. Dead, but they took it so far well, it was just not ridiculous. Only that, this is a zombie movie. It has hardly any zombies in it. Exactly. Because, because let's face it, the zombies aren't interesting. No, it's <laughs> the know? least interesting thing about the entire series. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah, the setup for these yeah. characters. Exactly. My only criticism would be is that that, that you know I thought the uh, the remnants of the world were in remarkably good condition for twenty years of neglect. I don't I don't believe that half those houses would still be standing. I mean, it looked like it only happened a few weeks ago. Um, you know, and, and obviously that uh, and the fact that that in a post apocalyptic world, apparently, there's pl- even though they mention that people are making it, there's plenty of ammunition. Um, You've never been to America that, long enough to well, realize yeah, that there's maybe. a shit ton of ammunition here. Maybe. Um, yeah, it was a great series. Great series, yeah. Um, let's talk. Let's flip this a little bit. Let's talk about a movie. If you guys haven't seen it, and unfortunately it came out the same time as the Super Mario Brothers movie, which I haven't seen, um, because it just looks like the video game. And I'm like, yeah, well, okay. It's so, it's so I think this is what what is... Uh, unfortunately, you know, nobody was expecting Super Mario Brothers to do well. I think they thought it was going to be a bomb, and it turned out to be the world's the the um, yeah the industry's first billion dollar hit of the of the year. Yeah. Um, and so anything that's in the theaters at the same time is going to suffer. And unfortunately, I think Dungeons and Dragons has really suffered from that, and it's a shame because it's a fun movie. It really it is, is a fun movie. You're absolutely right. I I didn't know what to expect. Other than it looked like a fun movie in the ads, but that can be, yeah, sure it is. And then you get into it, and I loved it. I thought it was yeah. fantastic on every level. Um, I liked every single one of the characters. Uh, I, I like how the, the bad guy, who's, well, one of the bad guys, apologizes all the time. And you do get the <laughs> sensation, the feeling that he actually does like these people, and he's really sorry yeah. he has to betray them, but uh, yeah. he just has to. I, I thought yeah. it was so good. So good. Yeah. I mean, the bad guys themselves are kind of like tropes, and it's like, yeah, okay. Um, but Owlbear, oh my God, that was so 
so so great um they had dungeons they had dragons they had tr- things they had to get past yeah this this played i mean i mean to be honest with you that's part of at some there were some points in the mandalorian where i thought oh this is this is playing like a video game you know to get to the next level or the next right. episode you've got to get a macguffin <laughs> Right, and that's comes, fine if it's a quest, yeah, but that's right, yeah. But it, I, I, they kept doing it, and then then blowing past that very quickly. But this actually has it's structured like you would play a game. It's like you've yeah. got a quest, you need this thing to do the next thing, so you need to go and get the get the thing, and that means going to the dungeon and what and dealing with what's there, and then coming out and hopefully surviving and moving on to the next. The bit. CGI was so good. Yeah, yeah. I, this I was, bought everything. Yeah, it was. It was very well done. And the thing is, is that what was beautiful about this is it didn't take itself remotely seriously. No. It recognised that a group of characters running around like a fantasy world with magic and creatures and stuff like that, the best way of doing that is keeping it light. Like, uh, recognising it's a little bit ridiculous, and that's fine. Yeah. But putting humanity and, in there, too. You, and then, you totally but, believe that this guy loves his daughter. Yeah. His whole point is his escape from prison was great, but <laughs> the end of it, when he, the other guy yeah. tries it, was so good. I was laughing. Yeah, was I was like, that's, that's a good yeah. payoff right there. But the thing is, is I think what they did is they structured this in the way <clears throat> that, you know, they, the way they thought about the characters and the way you would create characters in a D&D game. So you've got Chris Pine's character. He's got the charisma and the luck and all of that, but he's he's not got fighting stats or magic stats right yeah then you've got a barbarian warrior type character michelle rodriguez i i've never i never bought her character in fast and furious for instance and that's probably her biggest role to date um because they've killed her off they brought her back and it's like and she always plays this weird really kind of stoic character yeah she's she's quite one note yeah yeah. definitely so i would i was never happy that she was going to be in this because i've I don't really care about her as an actress. I don't think she's very good. I take that back. She was brilliant in this. She played exactly the type of character that, because she is very stoic and tough, and yet you see her heart, and you're like, okay, yeah, I like her. Yeah, she's got maternal instincts. You can see that, actually, yep. deep down, she wants a family. And, yeah, and, well, and, she's and, been the mother figure for his daughter for a yeah. long time, longer and than exactly. the mother was. That's it. that's right, and she becomes the heart of the story, and, and the joke of her, her ex... Being yes. a tiny man. Oh my God! Is and it's Bradley so Cooper. It's oh Bradley my Cooper God. as well. Yeah, was just it was just fabulous. It's just yeah. like because what it does is it immediately allow it shows that she's not that it's like you always feel with Michelle Rodriguez that actually the way she is is a front. Yes. Right. That's the thing is her characters are always tough and it's and you always feel there's a front. The problem is in most of her roles you never move past the front. With Correct. this they did and they yep. punctured it so so funnily and then yeah. of course you know the fact that the tiny guy is now his new girlfriend is even bigger than she is yeah. it's just it's it's yeah it was it was very very clever and i think that i like to the me fact what, that there was no love story between those two characters though yeah yeah they are exactly. just friends they are just friends and, and i think they they're companions on the quest they are yeah. Well, you know, more they, than that, they're because they they were together for a long time. I mean, he yeah. she was helping raise his daughter. Yeah, no, but but they are, they just, are not, it's purely platonic. There's nothing yep. nothing more to it than that. I think that the, you know, and then and then of course we get the uh, 
the paladin character played by the guy from Bridgerton. And, oh, and he was again, great. Again, what they do is they say, here's a guy, you know, he does the magic, he does the fighting, is all of that, but he rolls zero on charisma. So he doesn't get any jokes and no. he's completely straight laced. And that makes him funny. Yes. And, <laughs> and, he's, and he has a great redemption too. I mean, yeah. you, you think he's going to betray him or something. And no, he's, he is actually that person. Yeah, exactly. It was so good. There's nothing about this movie that I disliked or I had a problem with. There was yeah. no point that I'm like, yeah, okay, they're doing that. Nope. I enjoyed yeah. the whole thing. It was it was riveting and a fun, lighthearted. We need that. Every, we don't need the last of us on everything, right? No. We need the fun, lighthearted. That's why we have a lower decks on Star Trek. That's why we, yeah. you know... The new season of Star Trek just started, too. So we went right from Picard right into, uh, uh, what is it? Strange New Worlds. Yeah, Strange New Worlds. Yeah. I haven't started watching it yet. I, I think I might build up a couple episodes, but probably not because I keep thinking about it. Um, but really good stuff out there right now, people. I mean... so the Yeah, the only sad thing about Dungeons & Dragons is that we used to get movies like this all the time. And some of them were great, and some of them weren't. And some of the ones that nobody expected turned out to be big franchise monsters we still talk about 25 years later the difficulty is is that hollywood isn't making movies like this anymore you know this one they spent a fortune on it and because it didn't make as much money as they were hoping we won't see a sequel uh i think we will i think they will do another one i think that it's going to do a lot of business in after the theaters I think that they're going to acknowledge, look, no one expected Super Mario to just explode the way it did, and it stole the thunder away. But they probably should have recognized that, because Mario is one of the most recognizable characters in the entire planet, right? Yeah. And Dungeons & Dragons is a name that doesn't really spark nostalgia for most people. Yeah. You know? So, I hope that they do go the franchise route, if you will, if they're going to be like this. If they try to take it too seriously or try to too, make it too jokey, yeah. well, I don't want to uh, see an Adam yeah. Sandler in it, for instance. No, they, and, and with Dungeons and & Dragons, the point is you can do any type of movie you want. You don't use the same characters over and over again. No. You create new parties, doing yep. different quests in different realms and yep. different things. And you can do, you know, you know it's very... Every two open. years, you can have a cool yeah. quest movie. And you could do a quest movie or you could do a heist movie. Or yeah, it could be could, anything. You know, you could do anything, exactly. Yep. Um, and, and I hope they do, but I, I do worry they won't. And, um, you know, know as we'll I said, see. it's a shame that Hollywood doesn't make more movies. Well, it's like getting a lot of, of attention as far as positivity. Excuse yeah. me. Everybody is saying it's a good movie. I don't know any. I haven't read a review yet that was like, this is pretty bad. And I was expecting that. I'll be honest with you. I think it didn't get the attention because most people were like, eh, it's probably not that good of a movie. We've seen this kind of thing before. And. Is it going to be like a Mortal Kombat thing that the ads look good yeah. and then you watch it and it's just freaking trash garbage? Uh, no, it's actually a fun, good movie. You could take anybody to it. It's just the so whole family we went, could have fun. We went last bank holiday. It was the first real day that I'd been out after being sick. Um, and so, uh, you know, I said, said, let's all go and see a movie. Cause we didn't want to do bank holidays in Britain are horrible because everyone goes everywhere. And so yeah. you end up, queuing for a lot of things and you know spending a lot of money on that i said let's just go and see a movie and so we just uh, and and we'd seen the trailers for this and and we went as a family to see the movie and we all had a great time the key thing for me leanne did not fall asleep and uh that says something and it's it's quite a long movie it's two and a quarter hours as well so if she doesn't fall asleep then that's um 
that that says something. Yep. So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Geeks Pub. Uh, David and I should be back next week with another tech fan. Um, I hope you like. I hope you guys listen to that small episode of Tech Fan. I've, um, I talked about a monitor yeah. issue. I've you got. Need, you need to get a color calibrator, by the way. That's what you need to do to fix your problem. Uh, I don't know. It, it's, yeah, I've I've been there, done it, bought the T-shirt. If you've got two monitors like that, and one looks ass, and the other one doesn't, it's it's due to due to the calibration, and it's the difference of the whites between the two of them that's what upsets you. And once you fix that, it gets a lot better. Yeah, I've played with it a ton, and I can't get yeah, it. Yeah, you can't. You can't. I actually no, unplugged. You can't it. do it by eye. You need to have the yeah. software that does it for I, you. I actually unplugged that monitor, and I'm not using it at all right now. And I'm seeing well, if I can get along with just one giant monitor in front of me yeah, instead that, of two. Yeah, that's that's that's. To be fair, that's probably your better bet because yeah. this two inch, this two inches should be enough for anybody. Yeah, but it kind of bothers me that the refresh rate is so low. But like I said on that episode, I don't really play games on it. Yeah, so don't but worry about it. It's there's just a stat. couple of times that I'm watching a movie that I get a little bit of blocky, and I'm like, Ugh. yeah, but that's not refresh rate. That's to do with compression for the yeah, movie. Yeah, I don't you know. know. Trust me, you don't. Nobody needs 144 hertz. Even so, gamers don't really need 144 hertz. It's just they get very excited about the stat. Yeah. That's anyway, true. we can we can talk about it normal next week. So hopefully you guys are listening to Tech Fan, um, and we do appreciate you listening all the way through this episode. I hope you've seen um, all of the stuff that we spoiled on this episode. And if you haven't, watch it anyways because it's just brilliant. Watch it anyways, Everything it's we all talk good about. stuff. Yeah. yeah. You will you will have fun it's, time. It's a rare episode that David and I agree that everything that we're discussing. In this case, Picard Season 3, Mando Season 3, The Last of Us, and Dungeons & Dragons are all worth watching. It doesn't yeah. happen very often, David. No, it doesn't. And uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is out, Volume 3. I haven't seen it yet. No, I plan no, on that... seeing it, but uh, I don't know. I'd, I'm a little ambivalent about it. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing good things. I probably will go and see this one in the theater. Yeah. Well, um, once Cole realizes that in the theaters, he's going to want to go. Yeah. It's just the fact that it's just... it's half a day really yeah you know it kills doing anything else that day and i've only got two days to do it so anyways uh i will talk to you soon david and uh for everybody else make sure you send us feedback the show at geekspubpodcast.com you can always find us at geekspubpodcast but our uh flagship is mymac.com make sure you go there check out the other shows in the network and uh send us feedback talk to you later bye